and welcome to the Earthside Echo, your source for all the latest dispatches from Earthside. In this episode, we rejoin Sushong and Bin Nguyen as they study the arts of soul binding under the legendary Kirai Unkoku. But what price will they pay for this training? We'll find out in the conclusion of Scars That Teach. You must do more than simply will a spirit to act, Kirai explained as patiently as she could. She and Bin were dueling. Sushong had gone to fish. Bin twisted his wrist and mentally commanded his spirit minion, a young woman with the firm shoulders of a new mother, to attack Kirai's talon-fingered Onroyo warrior. Bin's minion was clumsy and stiff, where Kirai was experienced and graceful. It danced around Bin's sluggish attacks. How do you make them fight so well? Bin asked through gritted teeth. You push too hard, Karai explained. They are clumsy, because you think like a clumsy fighter. You must be flexible. Hone your reflexes. Bin grinned and raised a hand, pulling a second spirit out of the earth. It tangled in the legs of Karai's warrior and pinned it down. His spirits fell upon it, tearing shreds of spectral flesh from its torso. Karai frowned, and then allowed herself to smile as well. She dismissed all three spirits with a twist of her hand. Improvisation. Taking advantage of an opponent's confidence. Excellent. But be mindful. You waste energy for such a small effort. And efficiency is the point of this endeavour. Omak's voice broke over the graveyard as he approached from the campsite. To create an army that needs nothing but to fight. It would be a shame to create such a force. Only to have it run out of steam at the gates of its enemy. Kirai and Omak broke into conversation in Nipponese. Bin watched them for a moment while trying to discern what they said. Usually, people who talk behind my back at least have the courtesy to do it behind me, he commented sourly. Omak stared at him and chuckled. Kirai tells me, you have made progress. I am stronger, Bin expressed. He folded his arms over his chest. A shame about your brother. He showed potential as well. Elmac turned his gaze to Sushong's shape, huddling near a stream. He'll come around. Always does. Bin snorted. My brother sometimes requires convincing. Omak tapped a finger to his chin. What about you, Bin? Are you ready? I am. No ghost in this graveyard resists me. Want to see? Squeezing the soul stone in his hand, Bin brought forth his ghosts. The spirits materialised out of the emptiness gathering around him. At least a dozen answered his call. Omak smiled. A promising start. But I would like to test your abilities, Bin. In true battle. Kirai frowned. What do you mean? He pulled an envelope from his robe. A shipment of soul stone is being delivered at the harbour not far from the building where we first met. I would like you to procure it. There will be a sizable guard, but against two soulbinders, it should not be a problem. Confused, Bin corrected Almac. Three soulbinders. My brother goes too. They hadn't been separated since their mother passed. Now was certainly not the time to test individual strength. The cold grin stayed on Almac's face. 
need someone to cook your meals? He'll be ready by then, Ben retorted. Are you? Omak repeated. Ben nodded, choking down the sudden guilt he had for further entangling his brother. I am ready. Kirai glanced at him, then at Almak. Do you disagree, Kirai? Omak asked, folding his arms. Some kind of struggle went on behind her eyes, but she stood up straight. No, I think he will perform adequately, if he obeys direction. Sushong, however. Kirai has great experience fighting the guild, Omak assured, hid her advice. He then turned to Bin, unfolding his arms and bringing one hand back to his chin. Fine, bring your brother with you. He has enjoyed my patronage long enough. As you say, maybe a few bruises will convince him. The Saigon River Harbour was a bustle of activity day and night. It was not hard for Bin to mingle with the local fishermen and dockhands, spend the day fishing and then slip under the docks into the water to wait for sundown. He remained there for nearly an hour, listening to the thump-thump of military boots as guildsmen marched along the harbour. He could not see Karai or Sushong, but he knew they were not far off. They had rehearsed a plan for days since returning to the city. From the windows of Aymak's office, Kirai pointed out their hiding places, where they would go once the mission had started, and how they would attack. The patrol Ben had been watching passed overhead again. The guild's ironclad vessel arrived and docked just before sundown. The day crews left. Now was the time. Sushong surfaced just in front of him and spat out a mouthful of water. Brother! What are you doing? Bin snapped as quietly as he could. Brother! Sushong spouted, in a voice too loud and pitched. I don't like this. I don't like Kirai or Aumak or the soul stones. I don't want to make ghosts hurt people. Bin clamped a hand over his brother's mouth. This isn't the time to lose your spine. Sushong yanked Bin's hand away. I refuse. Mother wouldn't want us to do this. Up ahead, the guardsmen came to a sudden halt and started coming back with cautious steps. Bin tried to push Sushong under the water. Get down, idiot, or you'll get us both killed. Sushong fought him, stronger than Bin. Water splashed as Sushong cried, I want to be home. Hey! A voice shouted from above them. Arms in the air. Come out from under there. Now! Bin bit his lip. Don't shoot, he exclaimed. We are coming out. Sushong's face lit up. Bin pushed him forward and they swam out from under the dock. A dozen guildsmen, rifles ready, aimed down at them. Please, Bin shouted. Forgive the intrusion. My simple-minded brother was playing hide-and-seek. Get them out of the water! The guard captain ordered. They grabbed hold of Bin and Sushong and yanked them onto the dock. Thank you, thank you, Bin repeated. Again, please accept my apologies. My brother doesn't have half a brain to think with. I want to go home, Sushong bawled. The guardsmen looked at each other, uncertain. Bin kept his face neutral. There, there. He comforted Sushong, hugging him. These men will not hurt you. They are good men. See, they pulled you out of the water. What's your call, sir? The guardsman asked the captain. The captain scratched his chin. 
Does it arrest any intruders? But I think that... He trailed off as his eyes focused on Bin's chest. Pistol drawn, he stepped forward and yanked Bin's shirt open, revealing a glowing soulstone dangling from his neck. Storm thief! The captain shouted. He drew a whistle from around his neck, and the top of his head came off at the jawline. A bloody tongue waggled in the air for a moment before the rest of him toppled. One of Kirai's Onroyo spirits materialised in the centre of the guards, its long nails glistening with blood. It hurled itself at the surprised men, ripping and cutting their flesh. Bin shoved Sushong down, grabbed hold of his soulstone, and willed his own spirits to come forth. The bent, weary-looking ghosts of the forgotten graveyard manifested around the panicking men, dragging them down into the water one by one. Screams and wild gunshots were answered by whistles and flares from nearby, casting the docks in a piercing red glare. Kirai pulled herself from the water next to Bin. Come on! She ran from the ironclad. Bin started forward, but Sushong grabbed hold of him. Brother! Bin glared down at his brother. Go, run home. I'm tired of looking after you. Harsh words pelted Sushong, but Bin's intentions were pure. Sushong began to sob, but Bin yanked his hand free and ran after Kirai, who was surrounded by a bodyguard of shimmering ghosts. Gunfire came from all directions, and Bin hurled himself behind several barrels of fish brine. Kirai knelt nearby with a pair of long metal shears gripped in her fists like a short sword. Idiot! She snapped. He lost his spine, Bin responded, his eyes fixed on his sobbing brother. Regret poured over Bin like a crashing wave, knowing full well that Sushong was unable to protect himself in these conditions. I'll rip them free from both your stupid backs, Kirai cried out as a bullet ricocheted off a crate near her head. Cause me out later, Bin exclaimed. He peeked over the barrels and saw a trio of guardsmen darting between cover, trying to close in from an adjacent dock. Another patrol approached from the street. Whistles and flares were blaring everywhere. This looks bad. Kirai ignored him and instead drew up a pair of odd serpentine spirits that looked like bestial dragons. The Seishin slithered over the docks and hurled themselves at the three gunmen, biting and tearing. Bin turned his own wraiths against the oncoming patrol and they swooped over the open water like swarming birds. The patrol responded with controlled bursts of fire. The bullets flew through the ghosts like they weren't there, but Bin felt a drain of energy from the soulstone with each hit. One or two even puffed out of existence, but the rest collided with the patrol, bearing them down into the blood-frothed water. The boat! Kirai exclaimed. We get the stones, then make for the water. They sprinted for the ironclad, as Bin prayed to no god in particular that the guardsmen were too preoccupied with ghosts to deal with some fleshy humans. They rushed up the ironclad's boarding ramp onto the deck. A sudden explosion of green fire hurled them back. Bin rolled through the air, landing hard on his feet, and felt his ankles snap under him. He landed on his back with a scream. Kirai managed a controlled flip, rolling as she hit the ground to come up in a defensive crouch, but her eyes were dazed and unfocused. Out of the ironclad strode a man in a heavy leather duster. Chains bound a pine coffin to his back, and his head was enveloped with eldritch flame, leaving only a blackened skull staring down at them. Behind him followed two more identical nightmares, and further behind was a mechanical beast the size of a bear with stainless steel teeth and claws. Its long, narrow chest was covered in locks, 
and the guild insignia was fitted to the beast's back. Death marshals, Kirai warned. She summoned her on Royo, and the Seishin joined them, trying to swarm the skull-headed men. With one smooth movement, the lead marshal twisted the coffin from off its back and swung it open on its hinge. The interior was pitch black, like a hole into nothing, and one of the Onroyo was pulled toward it. The spirit twisted and struggled, but the pine lid snapped shut, sealing the Onroyo inside. The marshal behind the first drew an enormous pistol and blasted a station between its eyes. The creature let out a hissing shriek and vanished. This all took place in the few seconds while Bin focused through the pain in his leg and realised the gravity of what he was facing. Rage burned in Karai's eyes as she raised a fist crackling with power and summoned up a spirit Bin had never seen before, a towering feminine figure whose fingers ended in sword-length claws and shrieked through a mouthful of dagger teeth. The guild's mechanical beast let out a tea-kettle cry of its own, and the two collided like titans, rocking the entire dock. The death marshals opened fire on Karai, but she darted back and away, summoning up more spirits to engage the burning guild monstrosities as she planned her escape. Bin did the only thing he could. He called for his own minions and hurled them at the marshals. The masked ghosts charged in, but the marshals knew exactly how to fight them. Their revolvers hammered through the ghosts with flashes of green fire, and their sabres cut them apart like paper. One of the marshals turned his gaze on Bin and rushed forward. Before Bin could react, the marshal twisted his sabre and impaled Bin through his chest. No! Sushong's voice boomed louder than any gunshot. He hurled himself over Bin and tackled the marshal with all his weight, sending them both crashing through the boarding plank which then smashed to splinters. Tears rolled down Sushong's face as he grabbed hold of the marshal's blackened skull and dashed it against the guild's metal beast. The impact shattered the skull from the marshal and the chest on the beast's back. Soulstones, dozens of them, spilled onto the dock like a waterfall of starlight. The lead death marshal snarled something in English, aimed at Sushong, and fired his pistol until the weapon clicked dry. Sushong went limp, crashing onto the dock. The world darkened around Bin. Sound and light dimmed. The saber was still jutting out of Bin's heart, but he couldn't feel it struggling to beat any more. There was an odd serenity about it. He looked at Sushong, who was staring back at him, blood mixed with his tears, as Sushong struggled to speak, unable to make a sound. Will he be with Mother now? The thought came unbidden to Bin's mind in an attempt to ease his own suffering. He never felt a sense of loss for his mother. She was a good person, but she had been out of his life so long that her memory had faded to blurry images and half-remembered sensations. After her, Bin only had his brother, and Sushong only had him. They lived a hard life, with few rewards, but they had each other. He felt something drain out of him, a sense of belonging, of family, of contentment. He didn't feel despair or sadness or even resignation. His brother was a good person. He would go to a good place now. But Bin... Bin had never made any excuses for his life. He knew what quieting a spirit did to them. He knew what powered a soul stone. He would not go with his brother in death. He would never see Sushong again, and it was entirely his own fault. The thought made him angry, a guttural and unhinged anger that only spawns from craving revenge. He opened his eyes. The two remaining death marshals pushed forward, 
and the mechanical beast still grappled with Karai's hideous witch-ghost. Guardsmen surrounded them from every angle. Karai continued to fight, her face set with rage and grim determination. She was right, Bin realised. Scars make the best teachers. Kirai felt a rush of panic. Bin and Sushong were dead. Herikrio was still battling the guild's mechanical beast, and the death marshals were quickly reloading. The guardsmen rushed in to reinforce the formed firing lines, a crossfire that would cut her down. She would have to break from the water and hope she could swim fast enough to escape. The lead marshal raised his hand. On my mark, open fire! Bin grabbed the marshal's leg, twisting and wrestling the man to the ground. The blood was no longer pumping from Bin's chest wound, but he managed to drag himself on top of the marshal. You killed my brother! He snarled. He snatched up a handful of soul stones from the dock, all charged with the recent deaths that had occurred. Bin's face savagely twisted as he squeezed the stones in his hand. A ripple of energy shuddered through the harbour. No! Kirai screamed. She dove for the water, sinking into the murky liquid as bullets flew overhead, peppering the water. The energy surging through Bin turned into a maelstrom of white and purple flame. Spirits took form all around them, men and women old and young, ancient peoples centuries dead, and guildsmen killed just moments before. They didn't even have time to register confusion before their bodies were struck by black bolts of lightning surging from Bin's hand, burning masks over their faces. The guardsmen surrounding Bin let out cries of agony, and they died too. Their souls were ripped free, bound, and enslaved. The marshal under Bin, trained with powers that made him fearless of death, screamed. A second later, the harbour exploded. Aomak watched the explosion from his office. Purple and white fire spread over the harbour, engulfing buildings. An eerie wail rippled through the district, rattling teeth and windows. After a few seconds of incoherent screams, the eldritch light vanished, replaced by the crackling glow of natural flames. The city came together quickly, alarms ringing out as people, guild and citizen alike, rushed to put out the blaze. Chains of water buckets fought the tide, Guild mages wove spells of rain and ice. The DeWill's Global Imports Building remained miraculously untouched. The door to Elmac's office burst open, and Kirai strode through, a slight limp in her step. Her shears gleamed in her hands. He could have torn the veil. Tell me why I shouldn't kill you where you stand. He smiled at her reflection in his window. Because of the pact you made with my master. He believed Bin was holding back, and so I pushed him to find his potential. Or rather, the untimely death of his brother did. It would seem that Bin succeeded. A pity. Kirai's knuckles cracked over the grip of her weapon. What use is there in training these men, if you waste them like this? What use is our pact, if it does not bring me what I want? Omak opened his mouth and his breath came out in a cloud of mist. A chill fell over the room, and with it, a low rumble. Bookshelves shuddered, and bulbous light bulbs shattered in their sockets, exploding into gouts of white and purple flames. Shadows danced on the walls, taking the form of humanoid shapes. Mist swirled in the middle of the room, 
rising as a lazy whirlwind. Like the shadows, it took on the shape of a man, his features sharpening until they could be recognised. Bin. Kirai blinked. This isn't possible. Bin Yuen's shade turned towards her. His eyes were black pits, and he tilted his head quizzically, as if he didn't hear her. Oh, Max swallowed. Bin, what does the... Uh... Bin whirled, a rush of movement that filled the room. Dozens of masked spectres tore themselves from the walls, ripping away at the wallpaper as they went. They surrounded El Mac and bore him down onto the floor of his office, while Bin hovered overhead. The guild was warned, Bin boomed. You sent us to die. Omak tried very hard not to move. What makes you think that? One of the spirits rose out of the mob and lifted its mask, revealing the blackened skull of a death marshal. Little birds, Bin asserted. Kirai, Omak rasped. Stop him. Kirai narrowed her eyes. The shears returned to the belt she held under her kimono. No, you wanted to see his true talent. Witness it first hand. Omak turned towards Bin. I was only following orders. I did not send your dad to die. Words, Bin dismissed. The spirits closed in, fingers extending into iron-hard claws. Your brother, Omak cried. Sending him out there was your idea, not mine. Bin scowled. The mob hesitated. I offer you the same bargain I did Kirai and Goku. Omak cried out through his relentless grin. In my master's name, I swear, if you join his court, we can help you gain the power to bring Sushom back to you. Bin turned towards Kirai. She met his gaze, sensing his question without hearing it. With a steady breath, she nodded. Bin considered Aomak, but quickly reminded himself of the lie he told when they met. Then he slashed his hand through the air with a hiss, and the spirits retreated, sinking back into the shadows of the room. Kirai could not be sure, but she did not think she had seen Sushong among them. You cannot offer me something you do not have, and expect me to obey on blind faith. Not any more, Bin insisted as Omak sat up. I have conditions of my own. Kirai let a twitch of a smile touch the corner of her mouth. Omak rose to his feet, clasping his shaking hands behind his back. Such as? My ghost army, Bin bellowed, the mist swirling in the office until it was filled and impossible to breathe. I will share my army with your god. Bin's grin was cold, a clear mimicry of Aomak. Bring me your students. Death has been enlightening. That's it for another episode of the Earthside Echo. Join us next time for more Dispatches from Earthside.